This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. We are back. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to the 11th season of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thank you for listening. It's great to be back on the airwaves of WGR Sports Radio 550. Can you believe it? This is our 11th season on the air. The 10th anniversary of our first year back in 2007. Man, that's a long... It feels like a long time. I'm... Lots happened in this this decade for me. I'm 34 now. I've gotten engaged, married, had a child, had three different day jobs outside of working here. A lot, a lot has happened in that 10 years. But it, we're still here on the air, and it's good to talk to you once again here on WGR Sports Radio 550. For our regular listeners, phone lines are open here right off the bat. 803-0551. 888-550-2550. If you're new to the program, brief introduction. Again, my name's Dave Buchanan. I've worked here at WGR since uh, 2004 as a producer. Uh, I've worked pretty much with every show on the station, and my main duty these days is working with our Buffalo Sabres broadcast, producing those, most of those, uh, for the Sabres radio network. Uh, I also have a great love of auto racing and motorsports, which led to me getting this show back in 2007. And uh, we do it every Sunday. That's not during football season, except last Sunday. We didn't. Get, we should have been on the air last Sunday, but we weren't. But we're back here. So from now until Bill season starts up, we'll be here every Sunday morning talking racing with you. The big primary focus of this show is usually NASCAR. That's the big big thing because we usually lead into our NASCAR coverage. But I'm always open to talk any four motorsports. Uh, IndyCar. We went to the IndyCar race last year, Watkins Glen. NHRA drag racing. Uh, anything motorsports related, if you want to bring to the show, please, by all means, feel free to chime in. Also, local motorsports is big on this show as well, too. On top of my duties here at WGR, I also work at Lancaster and Ransomville Speedways as a track announcer. Also do some PR work at Lancaster Speedway. So I love local motorsports. We have a great local motorsports scene, if you're not aware of it, here in western New York and southern Ontario. We've got so many great tracks, uh, so many well-run tracks, which I, I might get to later on in this hour. Um, but just we have a great local racing scene. So we talk a, a lot of that, too, on this program. More so as we get into the warmer months, obviously not much going on in February locally. But uh, you'll hear, if you've not listened to this program on a regular basis, you'll hear a lot more local racing talk as we get into the months of April, May, and June, and so forth. So that's what this show is all about. For your first time listening, thank you for tuning in. For our regular listeners, welcome back. Uh, again, phone lines are open here, 803-0551-888-552-550. I know there's so much to cover, and if there's something that's been uh, itching at you, you want to talk about, feel please feel free to bring it here this morning. Also, we're on Twitter, too, at FastTrack550. That's at FastTrack550 if you want to tweet at us. Also, we have a Facebook page, too, facebook.com slash WGRFastTrack. Coming up on today's show, 
Well, today's show got a little cold water thrown on it. I guess you could call, I guess cold rainwater thrown on it thanks to NASCAR last night. Of course, we were hoping to watch the uh, Clash. It's the Clash Shootout Unlimited. Now it's the Clash again. Uh, the Advanced Auto Parts Clash. That was supposed to be last night at Daytona, the annual you know preseason All Star race. That got postponed by rain, and it's actually going to start while we're on the air here this morning. They're scheduled to take the green flag about 11.30, 11.35. So that kind of spoils my fun here this morning. I'll be competing against that, but hopefully you can turn down your TVs and, and keep your radios turned up as the race starts this morning uh, on Fox Sports 1. But we will still go live to Daytona. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports will join us in less than 10 minutes, live from Daytona. We'll get uh, Nate's thoughts on uh, the offseason and speed weeks and everything in between. So that's coming up um, again about quarter after here on the program. But uh, the rest of the show is wide open. He's our only guest this morning. So lots of time for your phone calls at 803-0550 because it is a much different sport than when we left it when we last were on the airways, which was, I I think in November, I think we did that one show on the bye week or when the Bills had a Monday night game. Uh, we had the, that one playoff show that we, we get to do every now and then. And since I was last in the year, a lot has happened. More than I can cover, I think, maybe in this this first show. And good thing we're on for two hours next week because I might need it just to continue to catch up from the offseason. But this is a... The, the sport has changed so much in NASCAR. It has changed so much in, in just this short amount of time. Uh, since we've been on the air, Jimmy Johnson won his seventh championship. Good for Jimmy. Um, as uh, as I said uh, last year, you know, if he was going to win the seventh championship, I was going to be okay with it. I'm okay with it. Great for Jimmy. Uh, it's cool that he's tied with Richard Petty and Dale Senior now. And it was surprising though that he won it. It, it. Had things played out the way I thought they were going to, it would have been. Carl Edwards or Joey Logano winning the championship, but no, they had that little crash with about 10 laps to go on that restart for a caution that should have never been called, and they wrecked each other, and Jimmy got the uh, opportunity he needed and was able to win and win his seventh championship, so good for Jimmy. Then the offseason came, and it the changes started coming fast and furious. Every couple of weeks, it seemed like something was changing. It started in December at the banquet when uh, we found out, finally found out, that NASCAR. Well, we knew NASCAR was getting a new series title sponsor because we knew the deal at Sprint was up, but we didn't know when the that sponsor or who that sponsor was going to be. We thought we'd hear about it in October. Didn't happen. We didn't hear about it at Homestead. Finally, at the banquet in Las Vegas in December, very late into the process, they finally got Monster Energy to sign on the dotted line to become the new title sponsor for the uh, major top series of NASCAR. And but when they announced it, we didn't know what it was going to be called yet. Um, there was a lot of talk about the phrase Cup Series going away. We heard a lot of references to the, the term Premier Series being thrown around late last season. But right before Christmas, they threw us another curveball when it, we they announced that it was going to be called the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. So the Cup Series... Excuse me, the Cup Series name was going to stay, which was a big shock. But the other curveball was they changed the logo. NASCAR updated the the series logo. Gone is the familiar NASCAR uh, iconic um, logo that we've known for about the last 30, 40 years. And now we have a new NASCAR logo, but it's still the Cup Series. So uh, we got to keep it calling it the Cup Series, so I was fine with that. But it'll be the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, not the NASCAR, not the Monster Energy Cup Series, but the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. So that is the big change, too, is that NASCAR comes after the sponsor, which is the opposite that it's been since uh, they started calling it the Cup Series in the 70s when R.J. Reynolds came aboard. So, new sponsor, new logo, but we're still calling it the Cup Series. Cool. 
and the changes kept on coming. And, of course, the big change is the change in the race formats for this year. Uh, you know, last month during January, um, there was, or actually all off season, there was a lot of talk about the formats of the races changing, and we heard things like heat races and timed races, and, and all these ideas were getting thrown around the industry and what was going to be the change. Because, of course, NASCAR has been facing these slumping television ratings, although pretty much everything has been facing slumping television ratings, even the NFL. And NASCAR was looking for ways to make the sport more attractive to younger viewers who supposedly have shorter attention spans, although I don't buy that theory completely. Um, So we knew something was coming. And finally, we found out last month that we are going with stages. And I'll try to explain it as best I can if you haven't heard about this yet. Um, But now all races in the Cup Xfinity and Truck Series are going to be broken into three stages, and roughly they're going to be broken down kind of 25%, 25%, and then the final half of the race will be the third and final stage. And, you know, the race will start like they always do. They wave the green flag, and then they will get to the end of stage one, and they will wave a green checkered flag, a checkered flag, but with green and white instead of black and white. And at the end of that first stage, the drivers in the top 10 will get points, the guy that wins, quote-unquote, wins the first stage, gets 10 bonus points, second gets second, and then 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, all the way down to 10th. They'll have a caution period. They won't stop the race. The cars will remain on the track, although they can come down and make pit stops. And then after all that, they'll restart the race just like they would after any other caution period, and they'll go until the end of stage two. And then the same thing will happen. That green checkered flag will come out, and then your top 10 in points get points, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And they'll have another caution period, and then the race will resume. And then the final stage, it'll be just like the end of any other race. They'll race till the end of the the scheduled distance, or if the race goes into overtime, then they'll take that into account. And at the end, the winner is the win- the first guy to cross the finish line is still your winner. He gets the max points. He gets 40 points. And second gets 35 points, and it goes all the way down 34, 33, 32, until you get to about 35th, who gets two points. And then the guys that finish 36th through 40th each get one point. And, you know, so it's still a race. It's just broken into stages. It's kind of like inserting little intermissions or or timeouts or commercial breaks, whatever you want to call it, in the middle of a race. And, again, I wound up being okay with this as well, too. I was afraid. I was against heat races because, as we saw in the Xfinity series, that heat race format they tried was boring as hell because we don't get – we barely get enough cars to show up to make the race as it is. So you're not sending guys home through heat races. They just rode around. It wasn't very exciting. I hated the idea of timed races. I thought that I just couldn't get on board with that. If you uh, if you're into sports car racing, you, you might be a little more okay with that. But I wasn't, so that didn't happen. I'm glad. Uh, the caution clock, which was experimented with in the truck series last year, that didn't that got tossed. Thank God. I thought that was that 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 caution clock timer in the truck races that made my skin crawl when I saw it on TV last year. Uh, that that's going away too. That so. All three national series are going with this three-stage format, and I'm okay with it. It uh, it gives drivers the impetus to go race for the race race to the front of the field throughout the whole race. There's no riding around, uh, you know, especially at the plate races where a lot of guys will hang out in the back. I know a lot of people got upset last year at Talladega with the Gibbs cars hanging out the rear of the field. They don't want to get involved in a crash. Well, now they they can still do that, but you risk giving up a maximum of 20 points by not finishing in the top 10 in those first two stages. So uh, that's great, and it hopefully will make the whole racing exciting, more exciting. And 
you, you know, you don't just have to watch the start and the last 50 laps. That hopefully that middle section, there'll be something in there to keep you occupied and keep it entertaining. Also good news, it means less green flag commercials. It doesn't mean no green flag commercials, but apparently the I know the p- people at Fox were saying that this format will mean about 20% fewer green flag commercials which is great too that's that was my that's one of my one of my things i was hoping for is the complete elimination of green flag commercials we didn't get that but uh they'll supposedly be less tv commercials during green flag racing because the networks now know that they've got at least two commercial breaks uh during these uh during these end of segment transitional periods you know they can uh they can daily just with commercials that they'll do less of it during green flag racing which is excellent uh the other part of this format is the uh, implementation of playoff points and the chase which is no longer called the chase it's called the playoffs which is great because the chase was a silly name and we just kept calling it the postseason and the playoffs anyway uh even though nascar wants you to call it the chase it's no longer called the chase it's just called the playoffs and there are playoff points, too, connected to all of these stage finishes and end-of-race finishes. On top of the guys that finish first at the end of each stage, they get 10 points for their season points, but they also get a playoff point. And drivers can accumulate these playoff points. You get one point for a stage win. You get five points for an overall race win. Uh, that means you're the first guy to cross the finish line when the checkered flag waves at the end of the race. And they can tally up these playoff points and they sit on them until the playoffs start and it all rolls into the their points totals that adds into their points total going into the postseason and it can help them uh you know better their chances of advancing to homestead and being in that final four to run for the championship another great implement uh, idea by nascar because no longer now does the guy that win the day 2500 next sunday uh they can they, they they can't turn the the next twenty five races into an R and D session because you would hear that a lot. Guys would win early in the season. They'd be like, "Great, we can do testing, you know, at, at Texas, so that we can come up with a setup to run the Texas Chase race with." You know, now you can't do that because you you win and you're in the playoffs. Yes, but you also now got to earn these playoff points because everybody else in the chase is going to have these playoff points too, and you will. So that'll hurt you in the chase or playoffs. Uh, if you don't have, if you don't earn enough playoff points during the season, which is amazing. Uh, by the way, uh, Nate Ryan, we're hoping to be talking to him in a minute. Although they're in the middle of the national anthems at Daytona, so I don't know if Nate's going to want to answer his phone during the national anthem. But we'll have Nate Ryan uh, from NBC Sports live from Daytona here in just a couple of minutes. So again, you can't ride around in the back because you miss out on race points, and also you can't turn the rest of the regular season to a test session because you'll miss out on playoff points. So NASCAR did a wonderful job, I thought, uh, putting implementing these things into the regular season races to keep these guys uh, fr- to keep these guys going full out for the entire length of a race, every race each and every week. We'll see how it plays out once they get on track. You know, we'll see next week with the Daytona 500 and in, in for the, the the first 26 races how well it does play out, but. I'm interested, and I, I'm I, I'm very positive about it going into this year. Again, we'll, we'll we'll know for sure, you know, once the cars get on the track and do it for real. Um, the only thing I'm worried about, of course, is how the crew chiefs can muck it up because I talk about this all the time that it is it, it's their job to do this, but the crew chiefs go, and race engineers they go out of their way to find 
every little loophole and every way that they can take advantage of these rules and ruin them for the rest of us. Um, you know, NASCAR has always had the best intentions with things like group qualifying and caution clocks and all this stuff they try to do to improve the program. And then, then, then the crew chiefs, you know, they, they figure out a way to, to circumvent these rules or take advantage of them and ruin it for the fans, unfortunately. And we've seen that time and time again. We'll see how the crew chiefs uh, are, are going to do that with these segments. Now, when the segments were first announced, NASCAR said they were going to close pit road during the final five laps before the segment was going to end. But I think uh, NASCAR walked that back, and I, I'm not sure if the pit road is going to be closed at all towards the end of the segment. We'll see what happens, but uh, we'll see if driver if teams start short pitting or how their pit strategy is going to play out with these uh, with these stages. Let's go live to Daytona now and bring in from NBC Sports, one of our favorites here on the program, Nate Ryan, joins us live from the World Center of Racing. Nate, it's Dave in Buffalo. Good morning. Happy race day. Uh, I'm not hearing him, uh, Joe. All right, well, uh, Joe's trying to get uh, Nate on, and uh, hopefully we'll get to him here shortly. But, again, you know, the teams are going to try and, uh, you know, use the pit strategy, whether if you're running outside of the top ten and you don't have a shot to earn any points, uh, you know, if you're running 20th, you know you're not going to get in the top ten and get points. Do you try and pit before the end of the segment? And try and maximize your track position where you can stay out during the caution period and maybe pick up some track position that way. That is always, um, you know, that, that'll be something that teams will, will try and go with uh, as a strategy once, you know, as we get to the end of these stages. But when pit road is open leading up to the end of the stage, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how teams take advantage of it. Also, you know, if... If you don't pit, if you don't pit at the end of the segment and stay out, you know it'd be a lot of teams utilizing track, track position. Also, that guy running maybe twelfth or eleventh, they're gonna have to they'll go maybe a little bit harder at the end of the segment, even if it's just to get one point. You know they'll be running that much harder just to try and maybe get their way into the top ten before the end of a segment, just so they can pick up the, those crucial crucial points uh, at the end of each segment. Again, eight oh three oh five fifty one eighty eight. 5.52, but we are going to try this again and go live to Daytona. And joining us on the line from Embassy Sports is Nate Ryan. Nate, good morning. Happy race day. It's uh, Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you as well, Dave. Thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate uh, I know we're about to go green in Daytona. And uh, what a what a crazy – It's in, in a season full of off changes, why not just throw another curveball in here, Nate, and make us run on a Sunday morning? Yeah, hopefully it's not a harbinger of things to come, Dave. <laughs> a lot, there were a lot of delays last. There were a lot of delays last year, and hopefully that's not the case this year. <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you what, Nate. I, I've been trying to keep up with with all the changes in the off season with Monster Energy, with the stages, uh, the rule changes with the damage cars. But when they announced the the new penalties, I just I just put my head down. I I can't keep up anymore. There's just too much to keep track of going into the season. Is that is that how you're feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll confess that although I agree with much of what NASCAR has done, I mean, especially the enhancements, and I think everybody's had a lot of time to absorb uh, the changes there with the stages and the playoffs and how things are, will be affected there. I mean, that came out a month ago, so I think everybody's had sufficient time to digest that, and we're looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. And I think you're right. I think the, the last couple of days there was a lot 
thrown at us in terms of penalties. And, you know, last week there was the damaged car policy and the, the safety team. I mean, a lot of that I think is well-intended and mm-hmm. probably will be very good and impactful. But uh, I think that any person in the news media, maybe even in NASCAR, aside from a, sol- a few select officials who, who claims to have grasped all of this, uh, might be fibbing a little bit. I think it's going to take a little while to get used to all of it. What is it? What do you think it's all going to mean once we go green next Sunday with the Daytona 500? All of these changes, uh, how much of a different product do you think we'll see on track once we get everything in motion here? I don't think Daytona will be that much different, Dave. I mean, I, I feel like this race... Uh, so this race and probably maybe a few others on the schedule sort of stand alone regardless of what kind of a sheen you might put on them. I mean, obviously the, the intensity and, and the uh, attention and prestige surrounding this season opening event um, stands alone. And I, I think if you look at it from the perspective, as, as some have explained, you know, especially on NASCAR America, NBCSN, our daily show, we've been, we've been talking about this a lot. And really, the stages just introduced two caution flags mm-hmm. um, and and two breaks during the, during the course of a race. So in this case, it's a 500 mile race. You're going to have guaranteed caution flags at two points, mm-hmm. and there aren't many Daytona races that that go green. There aren't many NASCAR races in in general that go green. So yeah. from that perspective, I don't think it'll change too much. It's just that obviously teams and crew chiefs will have a little bit more defined strategy on maybe when they want to pit, when they want to take tires, because because they do know when two yellow flags will come out. But I think the racing itself, Dave, probably um, for this race probably won't change too much because I think the intent – this is not the, the reason these enhancements were created. It wasn't about uh, enhancing the drama of, of the Daytona 500. Yeah. This race stands on its own. Yeah, like most changes, it's kind of we'll get to Atlanta and then see how everything plays out. I agree with you there. Uh, the the biggest thing with with the the stages and the points and the playoff points after getting wins are the most important thing to to believe in beat into our heads the last couple of years. Do do you think we go back to where guys won't be coming out of this car saying we had a good points day, but the the concept of points racing over wins, that, that seems to be now a more valuable strategy once again. I think it's valuable. I don't think it supersedes wins, Dave, but I, I think you're right. I, I think that there will be more of an emphasis placed on um, your season-long performance, which I think is important. Sure, uh, yeah. I think that was – I think if I had a major um, – Nit to pick with with the, the system from 2014 to 2016, and I think it delivered good good championship playoff drama. But um, I think its its fatal flaw was that it made the regular season virtually superfluous yep. in in a lot of ways. And and yet at the same time, uh, it still emphasized points because I, there was in those three seasons there wasn't ever a time where the entire playoff field was filled by winning drivers. There were yep. these drivers who got into the playoffs on points, and then in the case of Ryan Newman the first year, almost won the title on points. So I feel like this strikes a much better better balance and doesn't I – mean, I'm, I'm glad they emphasized winning. I'm glad that they've, they've done that, and I think that tying victories to berths in the playoffs and advancement is a good thing. But I feel like this is a, maybe a really good blend of the old and new. I think that there are merits to – uh, the season-long points performance that was in place from 75 to 2003, and I feel like this system should blend the best elements of that with the best elements of what uh, NASCAR has had in place since 2004. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports joining us here in WGR's Fast Track. Nate, last big question here before we let you go. 
2016 will be remembered as, I guess, the year of Gibbs and, and Toyota's domination, although Jimmy Johnson did win the championship. Where do you think the hierarchy is going into this season? It, are the Gibbs cars still the cars to beat? Um, the Ford camp now has the inclusion of the Stuart Haas racing cars. Uh, who are some of the favorites going into this year for you overall? Yeah, good, that's a good question, Dave. And I, I think, you know, based off 2016, uh, on the, on service level, you'd say Joe Gibbs Racing is the team to beat. But if you look deeper, you know, as you said, Jimmy Johnson won the championship. And to me, the last 10 races of 2016, Hendrick Motorsports turned a corner and was yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were matching Joe Gibbs Racing toward the end of last year. Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing wasn't as good, I think, during the playoffs. Uh, and I, I, I think they've got a little bit to prove, even though they won virtually half the race. <laughs> I think uh, last year, I think that team does have a little bit of performance. And then, as you mentioned, I mean, with Stuart Haas going to Ford, that could have, I think it could go two ways. It could be, you know, a home run right off the bat, and Kevin Harvick might not miss a beat. He might be as good as he was in you know, 2014, his title year again. Mm-hmm. Could go the other way. I mean, it could, there, there could be some growing pains there. So it's definitely always uh, bears watching the balance of power, and there's a little bit more uh, layers to it this year. Nate, before we let you go, where can we see you and your NBC Sports Network colleagues on TV next? And uh, uh, what and what, what should we be looking forward to on the website as well? Yeah, sure, Dave. I appreciate that. Uh, NBCSN is uh, where NASCAR America is daily. Uh, next week it's on Monday through Wednesday and uh, 5.30 on Monday. We'll have a uh, full recap of uh, today's qualifying and the clash. And then uh, NBCSports.com slash NASCAR is the place to go for all our NASCAR coverage. Myself, Dustin Long, Daniel McFadden, Jerry Bukowski, all right for that website. And I'll have a story on Tuesday, a pretty big story on uh, Joey Logano and his crew chief, Todd Gordon, and how they've uh, really uh, found each other in, in a way uh, the last few years. And that's what's made them uh, such a formidable uh, duo. So I encourage people to look out for that. And if you're a podcast person, person, look up Nate's podcast, the NASCAR and NBC podcast. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, I can't say I've listened to them all, Nate, but the ones I have, I just listened to the Chad Knauss one recently. That was phenomenal. Uh, Tony Stewart, uh, the one you and Dustin Long did after Carl Edwards' retirement announcement. Uh, these, they're great listens. Uh, they're, I think you're doing a phenomenal job with them. Where did the idea for that come from? Uh, I'm just a podcast fan in general, Dave, and I, I just became a listener of many podcasts. I listen to music podcasts. I listen to um, news analysis podcasts. I listen to other sports podcasts. Now I'm an NBA fan. There's a lot of good NBA podcasts. So I just felt like uh, there was a, a void there that possibly could be filled. So I, I appreciate your support and you listening. Um, we've had a good year now that we've been doing it, and uh, they come out on Wednesdays. And, yeah, I think they, the last two we've had were good. Rodney Childers and Chad Canales, the first two crew chiefs we had. I thought they were very insightful. And Wednesday, if all goes well, uh, I almost don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Wednesday we should have, I won't say his name, how about that? Wednesday we should have the defending winner of the the, uh, the Daytona 500 on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. should drop either uh, mid to late afternoon, early evening Wednesday, or possibly Thursday morning, but I'm hoping to have him on there. Nate, thanks for being flexible. Enjoy the race this morning, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks again, Dave. Always a pleasure. Yep. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports. Uh, I think we've had Nate on the show at least once a year, every year since we've started, and really appreciate his time, uh, especially with the race getting postponed. And, you know, he's their cars are literally on the racetrack as he's talking to me. So we really appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, we get back. Uh, we'll, we'll try not to get too distracted by what's on the TV, but I hope you're still listening, and I hope you'll call to 803-0551-888-552-550. We've got open phone lines the rest of the way. And uh, we'll get you try and help you get caught up to the start of the new NASCAR season. When we get back here on Fast Track on WGR.
Ah, uh, yes, something new for this year. Our, our lovely rejoins featuring all sorts of NASCAR drivers. We'll be interspersing those throughout our shows this season. And a uh, big thank you to uh, our friends at the Motor Racing Network for recording those during uh, the media sessions in Charlotte during the media tour last month. So uh, that's, that's a neat little addition to our show. Those are, I was really excited to hear those when they came in. I spent I came in here to produce a Sabres game and spent spent a good 15 minutes of, the, of my shift just listening to all of them and having fun with them. So uh, that was Joey Logano. Uh, 11.36 here on WGR, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track, and they are green in Daytona. We are racing in 2017, and they are three laps into the Advanced Auto Parts Clash. Brad Keselowski leading the uh, big drafting pack down the backstretch as we speak. Jamie McMurray right now riding in second. Denny Hamlin in third. Uh, we'll keep you updated on if anything exciting happens, if there's a wreck or anything. Right now, one big pack riding around the high banks of Daytona. Uh, tried to, as best I could, just talk about the stage format for the new races this season. Uh, the other big rules changes going into this year uh is regards to damaged race cars, and this this cause has, has caused a lot of discussion, especially uh, with with race fans. Um, and again, uh, phone lines are open here. By the way, eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. We got open phones for the rest of the show, but the no longer can cars uh, if cars are damaged in a crash. Um, if you take your car back to the garage, your day is done. There is no longer taking a damaged race car that was damaged in a crash. To the garage, making repairs and coming back, you know, hundred something laps down. If your car is damaged in a crash, the new rule states that you can bring it down pit road. You have five minutes to make repairs, and you can't put on new body panels either. You have to just repair the existing body panels, and you've got five minutes. And if you can make it back out there within five minutes and maintain that minimum speed, then you can continue on. But you only have five minutes to make uh, damage repairs to your cars on pit road, and you can't do it in the garage. Um, it's different now if it's a mechanical failure, you know, if your transmission goes or, or, you know, a suspension part breaks, you can take your, you can take that back to the garage, fix the car and bring it back out. But if it's damaging a crash, you only have five minutes to, to fix it on pit road. And, you know, there's a, a number of reasons for, for that addition to the rules. One, you know, it saves teams or saves us from having cars with pieces flapping and riding around. And if they fall off, you know, that causes a caution it saves teams money. They have to, you know, they don't have to bring those big crash carts with them um, to to make repairs. It saves from them having to buy, you know, as many extra parts to bring for a race weekend. Um, and and also that with the points changes, with the guys that finish thirty six to fortieth now each only getting one point, you know, there's less incentive to kind of maybe, you know, maybe used to make that repair and and. Even though you're 80 laps down, you'd go back out there because you can maybe pick up two positions, and even though that's two points, it's two points. Now, if you can only improve from 39th to 37th, there's you won't gain anything by doing that. So, uh, overall, I, I'm okay with the rule change. A lot of some fans got up in arms and about it, but uh, I, I don't see any negatives from uh, that rule change as well. So that was another big rule change. Um, the other big change this year is the drivers, of course. Obviously, I mean, we talk about that every year, but we had one major driver change that came out of nowhere this offseason, and that came last month when Carl Edwards all of a sudden just up and retired from the sport. And virtually no one saw this coming. The best news stories in NASCAR are the ones that don't get broken a month before they happen. Uh, Stuart Haas racing, switching to Ford. Uh, Casey Kane going to Hendrick. These are, those are two stories that, that jumped to the top of my head that we had 
no sources, leak sources in advance of that happening. You know, most times something happens in NASCAR, we know about it a week or two before it's officially announced because one of the reporters finds out about it in the garage area and breaks the news. But this was one of those cases where nobody saw it coming and it caught everybody off guard, especially Joe Gibbs Racing, as Carl Edwards just you know, decided that he is done at 37 years old with no championships, uh, cup championships to his credit, a couple second place finishes, some close calls, but never winning a championship. Carl Edwards deciding that he is done with, at least for now, um, being a NASCAR Cup Series driver. He is retiring from racing, and he's going to go live on his farm with his family in Missouri, and he apparently is going to be content with that. Nobody saw it coming, and it required Joe Gibbs Racing to do some quick work because you know they only had about they only knew about a, about a month before Carl made it official. Um, you know, Carl sometime in mid December went to Joe Gibbs and told him he, this is how he was feeling. And so you know, Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing had about a month to kind of figure things out. And luckily for them, they are stacked with you know a, a talent of young drivers. Unfortunately, one of their best young drivers already had a Cup ride for this year. That's Eric Jones. Of course, he's going to be driving a second car for Furniture Row this year. So they went to the the next driver on their depth chart, and that was. Luckily for them, the reigning Xfinity Series champion, Daniel, Daniel Suarez, who is going to drive the 19 car this year. But it, it's pretty shocking that, uh, you know, Edwards just up and decided to to do this, that, you know, you know Carl, he, he's, you know, he's physically fit. He's a, a very smart race car driver. You know, he's the kind of guy that could probably do this till he's into his late 40s, you know, if he wanted to. He's just just that good at it. And, you know, he he was really hungry to when he got into this sport the the stories and tales of him on how he tried to to get into to NASCAR's major national series and what he what he tried to do all the networking he did as a young man to to get into the sport it's amazing that he just decided he had hit you know a, a point in his life where he decided he didn't need to do this anymore he's got plenty of money obviously um but uh, a lot of things came into this decision. One of those was his health. Of course, he's seeing what you know Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going through with his concussions, and you know Jr.'s back this year. He's you know he's going to be racing it in the 500 next weekend. Um, you know that was on his mind. You know being around his family, the 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 deal having to be on the NASCAR circuit for you know 38 weeks out of the year. That that all that all the traveling that it entails and all the time at the track and being away from your family, you know, that also weighed into his his decision as well. So, you know, I I respect his decision and you know, he was very sincere at his press conference and for someone that's always so put together to see how he acted in that press conference last month at, at Joe Gibbs Racing trying to explain himself and the emotion he showed and and you know, even, you know, getting coming to tears at one point when when uh, he was taking questions from the media it was amazing just to see that raw emotion of Carl Edwards because he always looks so put together on TV and he's you know got that interviewing stuff down to his signs you know he takes the sunglasses off and he's just always on he is one of the best spokespeople in the sport so uh, I, I take him at his word a lot of people don't which is the other funny part of this is the amount of rumors and speculation surrounding this, you know, why is why is Carl retiring? And there was all this speculation. And then he came out, and, you know, gave us the reasons. And even then, pe- some people aren't satisfied, thinking there's there's some ulterior motive in here. Uh, a lot of people say that you know Carl's working behind the scenes with Dodge, and and he's gonna you know come back and, and drive for Dodge, you know, it, when they get in the sport, because supposedly that that might happen. There's people saying that. 
Um, you know, Joe Gibbs is paying him to sit out this year so they could su- promote Daniel Suarez to the Cup Series, or that you know Carl's being paid not to race this year and he's going to drive for Penske next season. I, I don't believe any of that. Uh, um, it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but I, I don't I don't see it happening. I take Carl at his word, um, and, and even. Um, at an off-season test, uh, Carl Edwards attended an off-season test to help Daniel Suarez get acclimated into driving a cup car. And Carl spoke to some members of the media at that test, and he he just couldn't. He was astonished when they tried to when they told him that people weren't believing his reasons for retiring. It's it's pretty uh, pretty amazing that you know that, that no one's believing him. But Carl said that you know for now he he never used the word retirement, but he's stepping away from driving. And he also added that if he ever gets the itch to want to get back behind the wheel of the car, his first car call is going to be to Joe Gibbs um, because that's who he was driving for and that's who he, he worked for in, until this time. And uh, if he ever gets back behind the wheel, it will be do- it, driving a Joe Gibbs racing car. So I hold a, I, I believe him. I, I think he's sincere. And, I, I you know, I won't be surprised if he gets back behind the wheel at some point, maybe after a year or two. But uh, if it if he does, I think it'll he'll like he said his first call will be to JGR and you know obviously if they have a seat open for him or, or whatever they got to do, uh, they'll make it happen. I don't think he's leading some charge with Dodge to come back in the sport or he's going to wind up driving for Penske next year. I don't think those two things are happening. But um, I, you know I, I think you know I, I again I take Carl at his word. The most interesting thing I thought of 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 the whole this whole topic um, was. There was also some hinting about political aspirations, and uh, I think Carl would be perfect for that. He's you know name recognition, good looks, well spoken, um, you know. And, and when the announcement was happening, I, I, he lives in the state of Missouri, and I, I looked up Missouri senators, and one of their senators, Democrat Claire McCaskill, is up for reelection in 2018. So that that's number one on my list that that Carl might be getting prepped to run for the, a Senate seat in his home state of Missouri next year. Um, and there was even one reporter that went as far a political reporter that is that went so far to say he's running for he's running for Senate in, in Missouri in 2018. Mark it down. It's happening. Uh, Carl said that isn't true right now. But, you know, with politics, you can't believe anything you hear anyway. But uh, that is my most logical um, choice for what I think Carl is going to do next is I think he, there will be a Senate run in 2018 or some other political aspirations, whether it's. Uh, I, I don't know when their governor's up for re-election, but uh, just looking at the fact that a, uh, a a Democratic seat will be opening up in the Senate and a Republican like Carl Edwards, he flies that don't tread on me flag on the roof of his race car. Um, I, it, it's, you know, prime for it's very fitting that I could see Carl running for that. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think he'll run his next race will be a Senate race and not a cup race, I think. Then maybe if he doesn't win, you know, maybe then he decides I'll get back into racing. You know, but by that time, he'll be close to 40 years old. So who knows? But uh, again, in in that in Edwards departure, you've got Edwards now retired. You've got Tony Stewart, of course, who's retired. Uh, You know, maybe we'll get Jeff Gordon out of the car for the full year this year. Uh, Although he was retired for most of last year, he came back. You know, that that leaves a lot of big holes uh, in this sport, that's three very popular drivers that aren't in the sport anymore. Luckily, Dale Jr.'s back this year, but gone are are Stewart, Edwards, and Gordon. You, you've got some you know great people filling their their shoes on the racetrack. You got Clint Boyer driving the fourteen. Uh, you got Suarez, who I think is an amazing talent and can lead to you know bringing in a whole market of fans that I know NASCAR has been eager to attract the Latino market. And uh, you know you've got. Um, 
Chase Elliott in the 24, who had a, a great rookie year, made the chase, he coming up, coming very close to getting a first career win. You know, he's a he's a great figure for the sport as well too. So uh, I, I know a lot of people are, are getting upset with all the uh, driver retirements, but uh, I think there's a, a great group of young talent also coming in the sport. Uh, caution out at Daytona, Kurt Busch just went sliding through the infield and the grass just tore up the front end of his, uh, monster Ford for Stuart Hot Racing. There's another big change. The Stuart Haas car is going to Ford this year, but caution out at Daytona on lap 18 with a crash for Kurt Busch. We get back. We're going to close out this season premiere of Fast Track, and uh, don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, Sal Capaccio will be live from Batavia Downs. They've got a big sports memorabilia show today, so Sal will be live from 12 to 3 today on WGR. And uh, just give a shout-out to Batavia Downs and Batavia Downs Casino because they are a proud sponsor of WGR's Fast Track. We'll be back to wrap up the show next here on WGR. Eleven fifty four here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Uh, still under caution at Daytona. Uh, what happened was uh, Jimmy Johnson got loose off a of turn four, and unfortunately his car turned sideways right into the right rear quarter panel of Kurt Busch's car, which sent... Bush into the wall. Uh, Kurt, apparently okay, but uh, he's done for the day as uh, they're under caution coming up about lap 25. Hey, don't forget to sign up for our WGR Fast Track Fantasy League. Uh, I'm just tweeting out a link to sign up on Twitter at Fast Track 550. Also, there's a link on our our Facebook page, too, if you want to sign up. We do it through Fox Sports this year. We tried it last year. It seemed pretty popular, so we're going to stick with uh, the Fox Sports fantasy game for uh, year number two. Um... And uh, I, I beat Paul Hamilton last year, which is all that matters to me because Paul thinks you know he can just throw darts at a board and do better than me. So I proved him wrong last year, although he's beaten me in the past but by that method. Uh, but uh, hopefully you can sign up again. We, I just tweeted the link out at FastTrack550 or check out our Facebook.com page or uh, email me to uh, dbuchanan at uh, wgr550.com. You can email me too. I can send you the link that way as well too. Um Speed weeks, of course, not just at Daytona. All the short tracks in the area have been, you know, getting underway uh, on the dirt with Volusia and East Bay Raceway, and of course uh, the World Series stock car racing coming up this week at New Smyrna Speedway. Uh, modified drivers from this area heading down, including uh, Chuck Hosfeld, Matt Hirschman, and Jimmy Zacharias. Uh, Jimmy Zacharias got himself a win last night uh, at the kind of a kickoff to the modified action at New Smyrna, a track down south called Bronson Speedway. Uh, for the second year in a row, they held a special modified race, and Jimmy won that, actually. Uh, he was running third to uh, Ryan Priest and Matt Hirschman when those two tangled, racing for the lead, and Jimmy was in the right place at the right time and was able to win. So congrats to Jimmy, starting off his season with the victory. Uh, also, the Catalano family is down there. Uh, Tommy and Amy Catalano are driving modifieds, and they also hired Jimmy Blewett to drive for them this week at New Smyrna. Uh, all the dirt guys are heading down. The mod- uh, dirt car modified action starting up. At Volusia this week, uh, all the teams from uh, Western and Central New York, they're heading down uh, the big block modified races. Speaking of uh, local drivers getting into bigger and better things, Stuart Friesen, who we had on the show last year, made his uh, Camper Real Truck Series debut last year. He has gone full-time this year with the Truck Series. Uh, him and the folks from Hallmark International, who sponsor his uh, dirt efforts, and they've been sponsoring his truck, they formed a new team 
and uh, they're going full-time truck racing, and they've actually hired Tommy Baldwin to run the operation. Tommy, of course, has been running Tommy Baldwin Racing, but they're stepping away from full-time competition this year. Uh, Elliot Sadler driving for them in the Cup Series at the Daytona 500 next weekend, but uh, Tommy Baldwin's going to help out Stuart Friesen and the Hallmark folks with that truck ride this year, and Stuart changed his number to 52, which is great. Tri- nice tribute to his grandfather, Stan. So uh, best luck to Stu this Friday night in the Truck Series opener at Daytona, and hopefully we'll get Stuart here on the show very soon. Um, to talk more. Uh, coming up this week, uh, you can hear me Saturday night. Uh, I'm doing the Bandits broadcast with John Gertler as the Bandits hope to turn their season around as they host Toronto this coming Saturday night. So you can hear me on that. Uh, we'll be on 1520 for that. And then next Sunday, we're on for two hours, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., leading up to coverage of the Daytona 500, which we will have here on WGR. Uh, no afternoon Sabres game playing against it for this year, which is great. Uh, so you can hear the Daytona 500 here on WGR, so we'll be on for two hours, previewing the race from 11 to 1. So uh, we'll talk to you then. Coming up next, Sal Capaccio live from Batavia Downs. He'll be on from 12 to 3. Uh, he'll have our buddy Ryan Hassenhauer on. And, uh, again, thanks to Batavia Downs uh, for sponsoring Fast Track once again this season. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.